everybody this is brother frank and welcome to another episode of the remnant call i am so glad to be here tonight and uh folks last week was an amazing week for me um you know i'm only 48 years old and um it feels like 68 sometimes but um i have now my first grandson and I, well my first grandchild period his name's rowan uh he's a manly little man and I, I've just, I never thought the day would come that I would be on an airplane uh, flying and looking at baby pictures and just in awe uh, and, and just seeing this little guy has just, oh, it is, it's amazing. I'm so excited because I've only had daughters and now I've got a, a young man to pass man things on to. And so we're excited uh, that Rowan is here and um, may God bless that young man to grow up in the Lord's ways. And I'm just so thankful. So we have was an exciting week last week and uh, I'm just glad. So with that, though, I am back and I've got brother Jamie Walden coming on here tonight <coughs> with me. And um, I'm just going to open up right now with a word of prayer and let's get this program started. Father, in the name above every name, Jesus, Yeshua, we pray, Lord, that tonight's program would truly be eye-opening, uplifting, and it would be confrontational, Lord. And I don't mean confrontational, Lord, where we're trying to get in people's faces. I'm talking about confronted by the spirit of the living God, that the confrontation would be to live a life dedicated to the Lord alone and cast off every care of this world. Lord, I pray that our spirits, that any hidden sin, that any any desire to walk contrary would be confronted by the spirit of the living God tonight and then ultimately be surrendered, Lord, to you. Lord, I also pray for those that are listening, that are struggling, feeling unworthy, that they're, there's, maybe they've sinned or they've gone too far, Lord, to realize that the right hand of the Lord is still stretched out. And that, Lord, if someone will call upon your name and cry out forgiveness and repentance to you, that you are faithful and just to forgive. And that those lies from the devil, that they be cast out in the name of Jesus. Lord, rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus that he has no power over this program tonight. And as Brother Jamie comes on here, Lord, that you would anoint his lips to, Lord, speak words of wisdom from your heart. And then, Lord, you would help me to be a proper host by your spirit. We ask this all in Yeshua's powerful name. Amen. Well, tonight I'm ha glad to have our friend back on, Brother Jamie Walden. Jamie, are you here with me? Yeah, I'm here, brother. Amen. Well, glad to have you on here tonight. Uh, folks, if you don't know Jamie, he runs the Omega Dynamics website, omegadynamics.org. Um, he's a Marine. He's been in law enforcement. The guy's done about everything. Now, both of us being Marines, you know, we are brothers. And uh, that's something that can only be understood by another Marine. And uh, But being brothers in Christ is what matters. Because that is what is going to take us into the kingdom so that, brother, my, my hope is that we can have a remnant call one day around the sea of glass, maybe the tree of life, 
right? And and we could have Jesus as the special guest. What do you think about that? Yeah, man, I'm looking. Looking forward to that. It's funny. I just preached on that last week at our church out here at the Calico Buffalo base camp and, and was talking about, you know, how much time we spend studying the world around us and this menial life and this little grain of sand over all the, all the sand, grains of sand in the cosmos. We study it instead of like where the Lord has promised and assured us we're going to be for all of eternity. And it's like sitting in his presence and, and it, it's so detailed and so descriptive of, of where we're going to be and the place that he has in store for us. And, and I just longingly look forward to that day. I just, I still can't conceive of people that love this world and the things of this world. I just don't get it. I'll, I'll never understand it. Like even as a new believer in Christ, I'm like, throw it all off. Like, I know what's coming for me. I can't conceive of this. Like, I don't want the Lord re to return because I want to see my grandkid get married. I don't want the Lord to return because I'm scheduled to be retired in two years and I've worked really hard. I don't want the Lord. And I'm like, are you insane? Like, AOF, that's primary narcissism. That's narcissism 101 to, to utter comments like that. You know, that's right up there with um, rapture doctrine. Oops, did I just hit a button? Right? Like, like it's, I don't know. I, I, I know what's coming, you know, and, and, you know, I, I was sharing with you off air. I, I just got back from the Dominican Republic last night. And, you know, most people know that we were missionaries down there for a while. We still are uh, partners with um, one of the ministries that we help establish down there and undergird in every way. It's called fight ministries, which stands for uh, freeing individuals from the grasp of human trafficking. So it's a, it's a, uh, a counter and anti uh, human traffic. I got to be careful what words we say, cause it'll get kicked off of every platform, but, uh, it's the worst of the worst of the worst. We'll put it that way. That's the world that we, we counter and we war against down there is the worst your mind can fathom, including, um, hunting, um, and processes that happen as you're hunting, um, things that are humanistic. I don't know how to work around all their stupid algorithms, but that's the world that is going on down there. And, uh, and I'm going, do you like I, to hear somebody say that they don't want the Lord to return because of their love of the world and things of the world? It blows my mind. I mean, biblically speaking, they are automatically at enmity with God. And, you know, I, I don't know if you and I talked about this before, but the unique qualifier being at enmity, right? Anybody who loves the world or things of the world, um, <clears throat> the love of the father is not in them. You know, if you love the world, things of the Lord, you're at enmity with, with God, the unique qualifier of that word enmity, it's, it's, it's bitter hatred or it's bitter rancor, forcible hatred or open warfare. That's what that word translates to. But the qualifier of enmity is that it's mutual. It's not one way. So to be at enmity with God isn't saying, God, I'm at enmity with you, God, because I love the things of the world. I love the world and the things of the world. But God says, no, 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 no. I'm at enmity with you. It's a mutual exchange of forcible hatred, bitter rancor, and open warfare. That's how significant the love of the world and the things of the world is. And I just can't conceive these believers that are making compromises across every single level of their human experience that they possibly can for the world. This is truly like at the root of the Nicolaitans, right? Like the spirit of the Nicolaitans, which were, 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 were given uh, forewarning of in the scriptures and the, and revelation too, about those who, who subscribe to the teaching of the Nicolaitans is the teaching of the Nicolaitans is, was 
central to cultural compromise and conformity to the culture so that you could have influence with the culture for the gospel. That's the spirit of the Nicolaitans. That's the spirit of this church. So sorry, I don't no, know. You're, you're right on that. And folks, many people believe when Jude was talking about the licentious spirit, the, the cheap grace and the, you know, turning and, and turning the grace of God into, you know, the lasciviousness and all these things that that was, he was referring to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Yes. And, uh, and so folks, you, you got to understand what Jamie's saying there is no room to follow this world and follow the Lord at the same time. Brother, I want you to talk about, because folks, you need to hear some of the things we discussed off air uh, about what they were down there doing um, in the DR and with the trafficking and everything, because it's important to understand how far uh, Christianity or so-called, whatever, you know, they're calling it in the West today, uh, has fallen. Brother, I want to start out with a verse, actually two verses, um, one that everybody is familiar with, Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So, folks, what the Bible is saying is there are ways that people are going right now, and this isn't exclusive to wickedness. These are this is talking about mankind in general that believe that they are doing the right thing, but at the end of time will be surprised when the Lord is not coming back for them. Because what they were doing will lead them to death. Now, that in turn goes with another verse. Brother, that I want to, you know, I think ties into what you were sharing here about what you all were just doing. And that's in Proverbs um, chapter 30 and verse 12. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. That there's a generation who believes that they are self righteous. They are on the right path, brother. I see it in what's going on in the politics today. I see it, what's going on in the church today. And you just got a firsthand experience with that, what you all were just doing down in the DR about the wickedness of trafficking that was happening down there, brother. So share with us what was going on in your interactions with the Christian world down there. Yeah. It's interesting when you relate that to, to the Proverbs 30, 12, that you just shared, because the, the centrality of the theme of the judgment of Israel um, was that same spirit and posture. And the centrality of the theme and the judgment of the last church age is that same posture. It's faulty self-actualization. That's the word I, you, you know, all throughout my, all throughout the, the book, the Lord had me write Omega Dynamics. I'm constantly speaking to the faulty self-actualization is the primary spirit of the Laodicean church. They say that they're wealthy in need of nothing but they've never asked how the Lord sees them. So it's the same, like, uh, uh, you know, they, they have, they have no eyes to rightly discern their self-actualization is that I'm crushing it for Jesus. <clears throat> yet it's the only church age that is so unbelievably discussed. And think of all the things that have gone on in the history of the church since Christ's ascension. It's been terrible. Terrible. It's it's a testament to the mercy and the patience and the amazing grace of God that um, 
his church that people can even get saved through men carrying forward the gospel, right? That these fragile K jars carrying yeah. inside of them, that inexpressible light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But, um, it, this, this faulty self-actualization is like so unbelievably overt now in real time that it's hard to even speak to. So, you know, it's, it's hard to really communicate. That's the thing about, you know, uh, um, the like um, the ministry that we're a part of fight ministries uh and that we're partnered with and and been a part of building the safe houses and even training canines and all that kind of stuff like it it's it's kind of a very intensive high level stuff and therapeutic in the nature of the restoration of teenagers it's for children that have been been trafficked and and the most horrible ways it's specifically for the rehabilitation of teenagers through the power of the gospel and the redemption of Jesus Christ, right. With, with all kinds of very deep long-term, like multiple year intensive counseling and, uh, and safe houses that are totally off grid and removed from, from the predators that still want to reclaim their, uh, their, their bounty for lack of a better word, or their cash cows. And, um, the spirit of the church down there is something that I, I can't even wrap my mind around. And so um, when we were just down there dealing in that kind of world and doing some kind of light investigations, more so just, just, you know, kind of the seeing is believing sort of thing, not necessarily going investigations and, and doing rescues. That's, that's a whole nother level of stuff We're we're completely 100% on the rehabilitation and restoration side. Um, but what we had to do throughout this process was travel the island and meet with all kinds of other ministries. And we did interviews with other ministries, some of them, uh, even institutions or NGOs that are secular in nature. And the apostasy of the American church is beyond repair. And, and if I hear one more word about revival, I'm like, you you cannot revive something that's dead. Everybody tracking. I'm a paramedic, right? So, so I have a background as a paramedic as fire EMS on top of law enforcement, Marine Corps, all the other random stuff. But I'm like, you cannot revive something that is dead. It needs a resurrection. It needs the resurrection in Jesus Christ. And when you see the spirit of the church, you will understand truly the lateness of the hour. You notice that all the scriptures, not all, I can't say that, that, that was too generalized. The majority of scriptures that speak about the entire end times narrative and the, and all this prophecies have very little to do with the objective empirical stuff, right? The, the things that can be quantifiable are actuaried as in earthquakes and wars and these things, pestilence, right? All those, those can always be subjective. Look at any point in history, they're super subjective, but the one thing throughout that, that is the common thread throughout the prophecies of the second coming of Jesus Christ and of the tribulation period, the one common thread is the spirit of the last age. It's the spirit. It's the heart. It's the spirit of the church. It's the spirit of the people as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in days a lot, right? Uh, people given over to strong delusions, uh, secret, the, the uh, doctrines of demons bringing the way of disrepute or bringing the way of truth into disrepute, the intolerance of sound doctrine, the love of self, the love of pleasure rather than the love of God, right? So there's a usurpation, always learning, never able to come to an understanding of truth, the greed for exploitation with fanciful words, 2 Peter 2. 
It goes on and on and on. The delusions, the delusions, the delusions. It's constantly speaking to the spirit of the age, and in particular, the spirit of the church. That is the central theme of all the end time scriptures. And when we're in the Dominican Republic, I'm telling you, listeners, I'm telling you, the judgment of God, which is only ever just and righteous, is coming on the United States of America. What we, what we promulgate, what we produce, and what we export, our quote-unquote brand of Christianity, is the most apostate, lawless, disgusting form of Christianity ever. I saw in Iraq in 2014 when I went to embed with the Peshmerga to serve our, our, our Christian brothers and sisters and fight against ISIS. I saw it over there then in 2014. I saw it when I went into the mission field. I, I was so disenchanted. I was bewildered by the spirit of the American Christians. And then I just saw it again this week. I, I, I can't even put words to it, the lawlessness. Here's why this is important. Second Thessalonians 2 tells you, tells you with no uncertain terms that it is the spirit of the church that determines or makes way for the tribulation period and for the antichrist to come on the scene the lawlessness the the man of lawlessness himself cannot come onto the scene until the lawlessness within the church reaches its great crescendo first the great apostasia the great rebellion right that word apostasy means an official defection or revolt from a religious dogma that you once held to be true. The man of lawlessness can't come into the scene until the great apostasia occurs first, period. And I'm telling you, ladies and gents, it's a done deal. Marked and sealed. I agree totally. And, and brother, you were witnessing with down there supported by that the horribleness of prostitution and things that they're putting young women through and yet the christian so-called church in there embracing these things yeah not not just embracing them not only, so so this is what's gone on with that that ever since you know obama came into office there there was definitely a spiritual shift a tear in the veil occurred right with the with the the legislated immorality very particular that sexual rebellion being legislated is very unique throughout scriptures there's always sexual rebellion to the individual but being legislated now that's a whole different level and so you come up through this most recent election cycle with the BLM and the Antifa and the wokeism and the progressivism and all that. And then the progressive Christianity jumping on board with all of it. So why? Because they're Nicolaitans, right? They want that cultural relevancy. They are seething for the validation of the world and they have no concern for the validation and the esteem of a holy God. No concern for it whatsoever. And so the the brand, the quote unquote brand of Christianity that most people subscribe to, whether they believe it or not, and especially what gets uh, exported is insane. They actually are undergirding the sex industry. 
the sex tourism. They believe in empowering the women by helping them to unionize as sex trade workers so they can make as much money as possible because it's all about empowering women and it's counterfeit Jezebel feminist spirit from Genesis 3.15 all the way to the end to the spirit you tolerate that that woman Jezebel, right? The letter to the churches in Revelation. And they want to unionize the sex worker. They're not sex workers, ladies and gents. I can't even say the words online because this program won't won't be able to be shared. And it's critical for people to know and understand. These are children masquerading as adults, or if they are adults, it's because they were brought in as children. And we went from one Christian organization to the other and listen to them say, here's what we want. And, and by the way, if I name drop the names that they name drop, you would be horrified. They're the largest mainstream Christian, quote unquote, I'm quoting my, I'm air quoting over the radio, right? Quote unquote, Christian influencers in the United States of America. That's who undergirds these ministries. They make sure that the women get morning after pills so they can port their babies every they take one every night because they don't want the women to have their revenue impeded. This is the Christian. They, they literally are telling this. They said they also champion the women carrying poison at times for if a John doesn't pay, they just poison the guy and rob them. And they're laughing about it. They said they actually are the ones under, they are, they are predatory on the women. They said, we create these different organizations where we make the sex workers pay us money in return for this. So then we can undergird them so they can go back out on the streets and make more money. So they're actually profiting off of the, off of the sex workers. Not only that, they are connected to every single government government official and law enforcement official within the country, the Dominican Republic, and then outward. That's just one little spoke on the wheel, right? It goes outward everywhere. And the whole time, and this was multiple organizations, the whole time they're talking about it, all they're saying is that they're doing it for Jesus. They're doing it for Jesus. Never once did they speak of freedom from oppression. Never once did they say that they want to set the captives free. Never once did they think about the broken, fractured, fractured spirits of these women and men, by the way. The amount of transvestites down there was insane. They don't, they never once did they speak about healing in Christ Jesus, exposing the darkness, redeeming what's been lost, and seeing these women renewed in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. It was only ever about empowering them so that they could make more money with their trade and have upward mobility through the sex industry. Insane, um, right? Like insane. And you, you know what's funny, brother? Go ahead. My brother-in-law, I don't mind speaking about my brother-in-law at all because he needs to repent. My brother-in-law has is a part of a full-time ministry who believes the same thing. He believes it is the Christian duty and the love of Jesus Christ to make sure that you get women to the abortion clinic because Jesus loves them and wants them to have safe abortions so that they can have an abundant life. Well, and we saw that at the U.S. elections in Georgia, right? Yep. That the pastor that won the Senate, you know, that he is full support of everything uh, in the Democratic Party. 
whether it's LGBT, you know, abortion, everything right there, and yet calls himself pastor. Go ahead, brother. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it, and oh, and the mission statement of his Christian organization is to tear down and erode the patriarchy. I'm like, I'm pretty sure God is a patriarchy. I'm pretty sure the Trinity is a pay. I'm pretty sure you're in open warfare against the holy God. Like that is your life goal is not only are you deceived, but you are wanting to deceive and you are leading many astray and you're introducing uh, destructive heresies, bringing the way of truth into disrepute. And here's the thing. Let me, let me just add that. And I, I know I've been talking a while, but um we we actually challenged and admonished these organizations while we were down there. And you know that you know what they did? They actually created, I'm doing air quotes again, a phone tree for lack of a better word. Obviously, it's all texting and stuff now. They rallied multiple, multiple other mission organizations on the island to completely cut off fight ministries from operating. That's what they did. Did you have any threats against you while you were down there? I I had, I mean, I had a personal threat against me while we were, you know, um, doing some investigations. I mean, I got, I got told that I was going to have my throat slit and, uh, and, and then also when I was recording something and, uh, I'm talking, I'm talking, we're off the grid, like legit off the grid, um, and firearms pretty much don't exist down there. And there was two gunshots, like we're in the middle of nowhere. It was kind of a warning, like, Hey, you guys better back off. So, so that again, that's what the church under. And so my takeaway wasn't like my heart's broken. The stories are insane. The abuse, the trauma. I mean, you can't even, can't even speak to it. And as dark and as guttural and as God, like Maranatha, like come Lord Jesus, come as that is. The spirit of the church was my number one takeaway was, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What do you even say? What do you even do? They will not tolerate sound doctrine. They give heed to every doctrines of demons. They are not ignorant. Oh, God. They are totally, utterly delusional. They are delusional. And that's the major distinction to understand right now, listeners, is stop interacting with people as if they're ignorant. They're not ignorant. Stop trying to knowledge and argue and debate and fire hose your loved ones into a kingdom reality they want nothing to do with. They're not ignorant about the holiness and the righteousness of the Lord and about the authentic love made manifest in Jesus Christ for, for humanity. They do not want it. They openly reject it. They're not ignorant of it. They are now under a delusion. And the delusion is from the hand of the Lord Almighty. It's not, they're not delusional because the powers of darkness got one over them. They're delusional because God has given them over to it. They went out from us, but they were not among us. Because if they had been from among us, they would have remained with us. They were never a part of the faith. And they want nothing to do with the kingdom reality that requires you to die to self, to crucify to the flesh, to live for righteousness, to pursue holiness, to seek to glorify the Lord Almighty with eyes fixed on the kingdom, to be mocked, scoffed, persecuted, reviled by the world, to be to suffer unjustly because they're conscious of Christ. They want nothing to do with that. They want the love of the world and everything that is in the world. They want the esteem of men, and they have no regard for the esteem of a holy God. 
folks, you might think this, how could this possibly be? How could they be this liberal and this crazy? Well, I, I tell you, I mentioned a while ago when we were up in uh, New England and uh, Vermont, New Hampshire and, and Maine, um, we were over and we went over into Vermont and went out to eat while we were there and got out of the vehicle. Brother walked up the road. There was a church on the left and a church caddy corner across the street on the right. I looked at the church on the left, rainbow flags, uh, you know, we're friendly to home, all this stuff, you know, not a word about Jesus Christ or anything. Looked at the church right across the street. Same thing. Only thing those churches said was we embrace your alternative homosexual lifestyle to live however you want. Contrary to the very word of God, we embrace and support that. Come here to this church where you will not be judged yet you will be embraced to live more powerfully in the sinful life that you're already in. That's what I saw. I was in shock, but you know what folks, this is the reality the way the world is right now. Are there still some devout believers? Yes, there are. Will there be revival amongst people? Yes. Amongst American church as a whole? No way. No way. No amongst this country. No way. The cup no. of America is full. Read Revelation 18. Read Jeremiah 50 and 51. Our cup is filled up. And it, what's it say about Mystery of Babylon is they make the whole world drunk with their immoralities. Absolutely. The whole world. I mean, you make them drink it. And, you know, I, I've experienced this with, uh, with uh, even African pastors and missionaries. They, they go there and they come back. They're like, you would not believe what the pastoral summits and conferences over there are teaching the African pastors to do. They are teaching them how to exploit their poor congregations for money with a prosperity gospel there. That's what we're teaching them. So literally the entire brand of global evangelical quote unquote Christianity is American based apostasy. We make the whole world drink from it because they're all going, what does it look like to be successful? What does it look like to have influence? What does it look like to be impactful for the kingdom? What does it look like to go and do something now, right? All their little stupid catchphrases. What does it look like to empower and to celebrate people? All this neuro-linguistic phrases, they all use the same cookie cutter language. What does it look like? And then we send our quote unquote missionaries And then we export that. When I was in the mission field, I had our director has an affair. Our CEO uh, says it's all about making money off of these people. Uh, Two girl um, missionaries start being lesbians with each other while they're down there. The worship leader comes up to me and confesses to looking at tranny porn as he's up there leading worship. These are all American missionaries, ladies and gents. We had... I was a missions team's hub while we were down there. We had a different short-term mission team every week for two years. So that's approximately 100 missions teams that I hosted. Only one, are you listening listeners? Only one of them even spoke the name of Jesus Christ. Only one. Oh, by the way, in our investigations, guess who they said their number one client is? Who? These are the sex workers. They said it's the American missionaries who are down here on short-term missions. Primary source, I'm telling you, primary source information. Second to that was American law enforcement. They said they, they have walls covered in patches and badges from where they came from. It's like a, it's like a, they're, they're proud about it. They're bold and 
arrogant and deliberate and willful. So this is where we're at. Folks, this, here's the thing. If you take your children and go to a church or someone that preaches this liberalness, you're trafficking your family. You're trafficking your children to the devil. You're trafficking them to this false gospel. And then we're turning around saying, hey, everybody, don't worry about it. You're just going to fly away one day because it's okay that we're the most apostate generation that's ever lived, preaching the most apostate gospel that's ever been spoken, sending it out to the entire world and telling everybody, don't worry about it. You're going to fly away in some secret rapture. You'll never have to endure any hardship, no tribulation, because you're just going to fly away. It is the doctrine of devil's it is not true. Why do the Chinese deserve to suffer? Why do the North Koreans, why did the first century church deserve to suffer? And yet we just get to fly away. This is the doctrine that people are embraced with, and it causes a liberalness because there's no preparation that's been embedded in the gospel for the second coming that says, you know what? I need to get my life right with Christ. No, do what you want. Once you're saved, you're saved, lived and do whatever you want. There's nothing you can do to lose the love and favor of God. Don't worry, brother. You're safe in his arms. Go live like the devil and you can fly away. This is the reality of where we are at in the American church today. And it's utterly disgusting. Uh, again, the faulty self-actualization. You know what, brother Frank, he said something that I'm like, oh my goodness, you may have just connected something. This is subjective. But when you said that, that the families that you know, or sitting in these churches or, you know, the thing that I see most often, I see it so often, even with people very close in my reality is they go, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. So they may not openly support it, but they're not openly against it. They, they don't even have the eyes to see and the ears to hear the heart of the Lord. They're like, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with what your brother-in-law supports? What's wrong? Like, cause all they're, all they're doing is having this counterfeit concept of love. They have reduced got into their own image. Um, but you said that it's, it's like they're, they're, they are trafficking their families. And, uh, and it just dawned on me, I wonder, I wonder if the greater context of mystery Babylon trafficking in the souls of men, it says that ladies, it, it talks about trafficking in the end times, mystery Babylon being the center. They traffic in the souls of men are traded in the souls of men. Maybe it's that spiritual connotation at a level we don't even understand because of the apostasy and because of the faulty self-actualization they are trafficking in the souls of men they are leaving men and women and children dead in their trespasses they do not want to set the captives free they do not want to open the eyes of the blind they do not want to carry forward the gospel they do not want to live with authentic love they want to live with their own love. They are lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They are lovers of self. They have a form of godliness, but totally deny the power thereof. And because of it all and their faulty self-actualization, they're actually trafficking in the souls of men. And it's all being blessed by the USA. Yep. That's the sad part. We are funding what Ukraine we're key. We can't stop sending them money. Do you understand the wickedness of trafficking that goes on in that country? Uh, it comes the through the DR, just, just so the listeners know. Uh, the island that's big in the news that happens to be down in that general area, 
south tip of Florida. I won't even say that island is right next to the other islands that we were just on. And those islands are all connected to Ukraine. Yeah. And yet we send money. Where a certain laptop was found, by the way. Just another note. Yeah, and, and yeah. but we send money because of the corruption of our government, not to be exposed of their intertwining minglings with these other foreign powers, so that we can keep funding the wickedness that is going around. And we've got leaders that are embracing this, pastors that won't speak against it, and churches that are headed to hell with a smile on their face, trying to be relevant all the way to the very end. And it is not going to work out well, folks. The deception is so deep. That if we could understand the depth of the depravity of the United States church, we would fall to our knees and scream. And you know what? That's where we do need to get, brother. I mean, you mentioned it earlier about like there's there, like there's faithful believers in this nation. Absolutely. Hands down. I mean, just radiant brothers and sisters all over the earth, all over the world. I've tra- traveled so much, just radiant. The church, the authentic church of Jesus Christ is radiant, but it, but it specifically talks, I think it's second Peter two, maybe second Peter three. Uh, no, I think it's two, but about how, if God knowing how to preserve lot, how to save lot, why, why did he save lot? It tells you why, because he was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard in the city. He is tormented in soul. Ezekiel nine, the, the, the angel messenger with a satchel is sent out to put a mark. This is the true emitter mark. This is the mark of God versus the mark of the beast. He puts a mark. He is commanded to put a mark on the foreheads of those who he finds weeping for the sins of Jerusalem. It is time to like, to, to tear our clothes and put sackcloth and ash on our heads and a cry out to God. Oh my God. God. Oh my God. Why? You know, and I've had people say to me, this is insane. They've said, uh, you know, Christians have no business doing what you guys are down there doing and, and looking at right. The religious piety, just the, the pharisaical, you know, disgusting religious piety of people. And I'm going, your God's eyes see it all. And he sees things that you can't even comprehend the child under a grown man right now. He sees things that you can't even fathom. The eyes of the Lord are on both the good and the evil. The eyes of the Lord are throughout all the earth. The throne room of God is covered in eyes. The celestial beings are filled with eyes. The wheel within the wheel with Ezekiel is covered in eyes. The eyes of the Lord, the providential eye of the Lord is over all things. His eyes are seeing it. But again, you and your narcissism are going to go, I'll never look on that. I don't want to look on that while your holy father looks on it. And he's filled with compassion and brokenness and righteous anger and righteous indignation. And he says, I'm filled with wrath and I cannot hold it in. He's looking on it. Why in the world won't you look on it? It says you were once in darkness. Now you're in light. So live like children of light and work to expose the darkness. Redeem the time. Make the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. And again, that's like the same thing with this I'll fly away doctrine. It's like, it's like you want to you want to play Pollyanna religiosity, faulty piety, saying that you're wealthy and in need of nothing, yet you don't understand the heart of God. And when you understand the heart of God, you will be like Lot, who is tormented. Have you ever been tormented by anything? 
Like, are you willing to allow yourself to experience, to be unified with Christ in suffering because of humanity? He looked over the crowd. He saw they were helpless and harassed, sheep without a shepherd, and he was filled with compassion. Are you willing to be unified with the king who bought you with this precious blood, even in suffering? Because of the lawlessness that you see in here, that you would cry out, Maranatha, that you would eager be in eager anticipation of the second coming of Jesus Christ and actually speed its coming, that you would be waiting, looking, watching, anticipating, hungering and thirsting for the return of Jesus Christ, because you understand the depravity that's going on. You understand the depth of the warfare, and you understand the heart of God towards the least of these that are being devoured by this enemy. Or you just go watch football and you play golf and you go to church and you go to your men's group, but you're not really interested in, and you're the one clicking on the porn that's undergirding this. And just like 65% of pastors who are polled confess to looking at porn that are undergirding this trafficking globally and Mm -hmm. every swipe and every click of your finger, you are complicit in all of it. And the Lord's righteous justice has not been idle. Yeah, It is not idle concerning anyone in any way who thinks that they can go through Pollyanna and never be unified with Christ and being willing to suffer to the dying of their flesh and be tormented in their righteous souls because of lawlessness that they've seen here. Absolutely, folks. And it's this technology. I I tell you, uh, I've got other programs on this, but they have found that you, if you will literally put away all your technology for like three weeks or 21 days or something, your brain will literally reset itself and rewire itself. Literally. So just a side note, I don't want to go down. That's I've got plenty of programs on that, but if you're struggling with these addictions and things that you're looking at, you've got to, you've got to set yourself aside and break that technology off of you, put it away, throw it out the window, break it. I don't care. Put a bullet through it. Whatever it takes, but take some time and get away, brother. I want to I want to jump into something because this what you're talking about reminds me in the book of Jeremiah, folks, Jeremiah was given this wonderful ministry uh, that what God was going to use him right before he was even in the womb. Right. The Lord knew the calling he had for Jeremiah, just like he knows the calling he has for us. But brother, listen to what he says and tell me this isn't today. Jeremiah 7, starting in verse 23, but this thing commanded I them, saying, obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that I may be well unto you, but they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and in the imagination of their own evil heart and went backwards and not forwards since the day that their fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt unto this day. I have even sent unto you all my servants, the prophets. Folks, God has been sending people to this generation to warn for quite a period of time right now, daily rising up early and sending them. Yet, listen here, yet they hearkened not unto me, nor inclined their ear, but hardened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Therefore, thou shalt speak words unto them, but they will not hearken unto thee. Thou shalt also call unto them, but they will not answer thee. Folks, this is the generation we are living in today. And if you are awake right now, listening to this program in this hour, I thank God for that. 
Uh, not because you're listening to this program, but because you are awake to the hour that we are in. And by God's grace, you are seeking him because the truth is what's happening to people. And this is why we can understand how bad it is down in the DR where Jamie just is that how the Christian church could embrace this kind of lifestyle and empower women to live in a way that God never desired for them to live. And instead of saying, hey, listen, imagine if they did this, Jamie, imagine if they said, listen, we know you've been in a life of prostitution, but God knows how to save prostitutes. Okay. He's a specialist at it. He knows how to deliver them from that. He even brought Jesus through the lineage of prostitution, right? He's a specialist at getting people free from it. But no, instead they do the opposite. They embrace what God's saying he can deliver from. And this is the problem we're running into today, folks, is that we are not talking about the deliverance. Instead, we are embracing the sin. And if you're struggling with this sin, folks, you've got to take a manly step and do something about it. I didn't say you had the victory over it, but if technology is your problem, get away from it. Seek the Lord. Take some time alone. Go take three weeks. Go drive up in a cabin somewhere where you can get away from the world, do something. You may say, well, I don't have time for that. I'll guarantee you, I will guarantee you that if you knew Jesus was coming back in one month, you'd, you'd find the time. Oh man, I'm like, go all in, lose your job if you have to, go all in. And what is your job right worth if you God. lose your soul? Whatever the cost, whatever the cost. If he's calling you and, and the Holy Spirit's prompting your heart to move out boldly by faith, and, and having counted the cost to go all in, then you better go all in and like follow him wherever he leads. My righteous ones will live by faith and without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. Follow him wherever he leads. Like the command to the latency in church with this faulty self-actualization is very simple. It's repent. It's repent. And then he gives the call to restoration. See, the Lord's not about our ruination. He's about our restoration. The call is, this is where you're at. But now listen to me. I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. You're like hot vomit in my mouth. You're neither hot nor cold. You could care less. You like in the days of Malachi, Malachi 3, you say, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord. And where is this God of judgment? That's what they're saying to Malachi right before the Lord. Cut them off, right? And he says, but now listen, I'm counseling you. Listen to my wise counsel. Come purchase from me white raiments to cover your nakedness. Come buy from me gold refined and purified. Come get healing balm for me so that your eyes can rightly see. Come to me. I'm, I'm standing at the door knocking. Open the door and I will come in with and sup with you. Those with ears to hear, let them hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. Let them hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. The time is nigh. I mean, it, it really is, uh, you know, that you, it, we could cover the prophetic scriptures ad nauseum about the reality of the lateness of the hour. And like you were just reading in Jeremiah seven, it's, it's still people are hard in their hearts. You know, Lord says, I think he says in Jeremiah six, right before that, I'm just off the top of my head. So it could be wrong, but he's, that's the Lord speaking he says to whom can I go and give warning? Their ears are closed. So they do not hear my word is offensive to them. That it, for whatever reason, they won't tolerate sound doctrine. The word is offensive to them. Yet the Lord is saying, don't you understand? 
If you come to me and if you confess, I will heal you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And I will stand you back up at the appointed time. Jesus says, Jude, in, in the book of Jude, he is more than able to present you before the father standing and blameless and with great joy. He's able to present you before the father. If we would just humble ourselves under the mighty hand of the Lord at the proper time, he'll lift us up. Mm. And, and that's like, like the constant command is like, it, it was the first sermon ever preached was repent for the day. The Lord is at hand and it'll be the last sermon ever preached. Repent for the day. The Lord is at hand. Amen. Uh, okay. So folks, <laughs> this is so unbelievable. The hour we live in at the chance to completely miss out on everything God has for you. And yet at the same time, this is the ultimate chance or, or, or opportunity for you to get everything. Like there will be no excuse at the end. Like you will get to the end of the age and God will say, you know, you'll look, Lord, you gave me every opportunity. You know, the Bible says, enter ye in at the straight gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that enter to destruction. And many there be which go therein, thereat. So here's the thing. When it says many, it's like the majority. That's why the Bible talks about a remnant of people, okay? And the remnant are all those from the Christian churches and the believe, you know, and, and so-called Christian churches, the all those who believe in the Messiah that say, I don't want what's in this world. All I want is Jesus. All I want is the Lord. All I want is his ways. And I don't care what background you came from, what denomination you came out, but those who are willing to come out of that apostate world and come into the middle, the remnant, that is what God is saying. Those are the only ones who are going to listen in this hour. So we shouldn't be a bit surprised by what Jamie shared earlier that's going on when the Bible says there is only a remnant that will be saved because the majority, and that means those who also claim to be believers, will follow the broad way. Church on the broad way leads to hell. You, you said it, you said it, brother. And I, I would, I would just challenge the listeners to do a word study on the word. Many, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, many will abandon the faith. Many will give heed to the, to the seduction of spirits. Many, many will betray brother. Many will abandon the faith. Many are on that wide road. That is the most fearful thing ever to consider and to study, and it will cut you to the heart. And again, you would be like Lot who's tormented in your righteous soul when you realize how many are going to say, Lord, Lord. And not, and what does he say? He doesn't say, away from me, I never knew you. He gives a caveat. Away from me, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. You used my name in vain. You are a worker of iniquity. And you're pleading your case before me as if you were in my fold. I don't even know who you are. And just like in Jesus's earthly ministry, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching who can accept it. And many departed from him that day. Mm. See, they had counted the cost. Yeah. It was too high. 
They wanted God for what God could give them. They wanted Jesus for what Jesus could give them, but they didn't want Jesus for who he was. And if they don't want Jesus for who he is, then they don't want God the Father. Because if you've seen the Son, then you've seen the Father. And as, as the Father is in the Son and the Son is in the Father, so they will be in you. Look at the prayers of Jesus in John 17 for his people. See, People want Jesus for what he can give them, but they don't want him for who he is. So that's why they fashion God into their own image. It is the original life from the Garden of Eden. I am, I will never submit myself to God. I will be like God. I will determine my truth. I will determine my reality. I will determine how, what love is and what love should look like and how love should be manifest. I will determine everything out from my own narcissistic love of self, love of pleasure rather than love of God, narcissism, and proclaim before God with all deliberate boldness and arrogancy and haughtiness, I'm wealthy and in need of nothing. How dare, how have we wearied you, O Lord, as they were saying to Malachi? How have we wearied you, as they were saying in the days of the prophets? And God's like, oh, oh my goodness. I'm so filled up with wrath. I can't even keep it in. And, and I just don't think the church is aware, even many of the late listeners, truly how late the hour is. I, would, I, I was thinking the whole time, man, I, what I wouldn't give all my lukewarm people lukewarm in my reality what i wouldn't give to take them to the places that the lord has allowed me to go and and i i was i was almost going to say that i was cursed enough to go it's not it's a blessing it's a blessing to be unified with christ and having to look on the things that he has to look on every day it's a blessing it's a blessing to to suffer because we're conscious of christ and be willing to go in the muck and the mire because he came in to the muck and the mire for us. He did not remain isolated. He did not remain in the kingdom far removed. He came right smack into the ugliest of the ugly of the depravity of humanity and looked on it with compassion. He didn't stand far off. He did something about it. First John 3, 8, the son of man was made manifest for this reason, that he might destroy the works of the evil one. He came in, he did not hide his eyes from it. He did not plug his ears from it. He did not stand far off in religious piety saying, I can't come anywhere near that. The holiness, the holy of holies came right smack into the middle of it for you. While you were his enemy, he came near to you to, to impart to you his righteousness and to take all your sin and all your filth and all your depravity and all the wickedness of your heart on himself. This is insane. And yet we have an apostate church that wants nothing to do with this God. Folks, Man. the next generation will not even know the Lord at this rate. The Defense of Marriage Act, just you saw that, brother, it's going up. I mean, folks, the confusion is so deep that it won't be long before. The, and I think it's already happened in other countries where people even marry their own pets. Have you seen that? Oh yeah. You know, what's interesting. That was a particular thing in the, in the days of Noah through a lot of extra biblical texts in the Septuagint book of giants book, of Enoch and stuff like that. And that's when God judged it, That's so funny. You should mention that. I just learned that yesterday that that was a particular yeah. thing. It was very particular in antiquity when God judged what the flood was that they began to enter into covenantal marriage with animals. 
Yes. And, and also with contracts with men, with men, that is a, I did a program some years ago. I did a ton of research um, and there was an article written in 2008 um, about a man who had done research trying to find um, marriage in homosexual marriage, state sanctioned homosexual state marriage. sanctions. Yeah, that's the big thing is legislated. Yes, yeah. in the ancient world. And he found times where homosexuality had broken out, such as, you know, Greece and Rome, which always, folks, precedes the fall of an empire. Just look at your history on that one. And there were times, but they couldn't find evidence of state sanctioned. Um, and folks, now, listen, I am not a, uh, a supporter of, of um, teaching the Talmud at all. OK, I'm not in that. And I'm just saying that there every there are always nuggets of uh, truth in lots of things. OK, but this was an interesting find in the Talmud. They found that they had written about prior to the flood. This was what the report said. Um, that they had written that men were might writing contracts with men for marriage, and they were alluding to the fact that this seemed to be the straw that broke the camel's back. Yes, that, that's funny. Level. That's exactly what I was learning yesterday and studying. And so that's fascinating that you brought that up, which I had never understood that component of it, that it was it was the contractual aspect. It was the it was the authorized legal mandated legislated aspect of it that's when god was like we're done it's the ultimate sin against a creator because what you're saying is i no longer want to create yes and and it's because it's a usurpation and a war against the first covenant which was marriage yeah and, no, and it's literally it's open warfare against god it's the only sin that really you're sinning against creation yeah. So that the father said to go out and create. And now we have a group of people saying, I no longer want to create. It's a slap in the face to the almighty. Yep. Every and, major judgment of God was preceded by sexual rebellion because the sexual rebellion is actually rebellion against your created nature, against your, your God image bearing self. Folks, That's what sexual rebellion. I mean, even the scriptures talk about, right? Like there's, it, it, it even distinguishes sin and it talks about sexual sin being on a whole new level because you're sinning against your own body, i.e. soul. Like it's, it's so different. And, and it's because you're, you're actually making an open, an open act of warfare against your image which was in his likeness. That's why sexual rebellion always precedes the, the wholesale judgment of God, the wrath of God. Oh, folks, if I would have been 18, um, or a teenager growing up with today's technology, I'm not so sure I'd have made it. Oh, I know. It's insane. It's insane. Well, you know, side note, I, you know, I, when I was, a missionary down in the DR, you know, we were working with teenagers. They were American teens at therapeutic boarding school. So they're American teens that would get shipped down there. I had 15 year olds with erectile dysfunction. I had 14 year old girl that had been with 48 partners all over the age of 40. Did you hear her age? I said 14. She'd wow. been with 48 partners all over the age of 40. I had three confessions of bestiality. These are 15 to 18 year old kids. Um, the wholesale perversity of what they're exposed to through, and it's funny, side note, every single one of them independently said, 
Harry Potter and anime is when their whole world got flipped upside down for whatever that's worth to any listeners or parents out there, Harry Potter and anime. And, and they, you know, we, we have counseling with them in isolation. None of them knew that that's what everybody else was saying down there. So yeah, it's it's beyond comprehension. This is why the folks that the second coming of Jesus is a shock to the world because they are so numb to the sin and the depravity of the society. And when it becomes accepted, there's no more consciousness that's left. And when you turn the conscious off, only a God-given miracle can turn that back on. And can God turn it back on? Yes, he can turn a conscious back on. But folks, people are now making their choices. There is in the book of Daniel, it talks about there, there comes a day when there will be a line that is drawn in the sand. You, you know what's interesting right thing about that? Right still, talk. yeah, huh? Yeah, that that I mean, doesn't it says that their sins do not permit them to repent? So mm. there, there is something, and I'll I'll never tell you where that line, like, dude, that's a fearful thing. But the scriptures speak to for one, God gives a strong delusion, and God also says that their sins are such that he does not allow them to repent. I don't know how that works. Don't send me nasty grams. I just know that's what the scriptures say. Yeah. And it's like, it is so woeful. And again, here's the thing about delusion. Remember, I, I, I tell people, stop blaming the powers of darkness for everything. You can't do that. It's like, even what's going on in the nation, it says, can calamity come upon a nation unless the Lord has decreed it? No, that's a facetious statement. Like the Lord is sovereign, all these things. And again, you're, you're dealing with people as if they're ignorant. They're not ignorant. They're delusional. And they're not delusional because the powers of darkness or deceiving them they're delusional because that's what they chose and god satisfies the desires of his heart so then he gives them over to the delusion and it's not just a delusion it's a strong delusion and when you cannot rationalize you cannot empirical you cannot objective you cannot knowledge somebody who is delusional by the very nature and the definition of a delusion they can never concede that they are deceived they're delusional there's there you there's no way shape or form you can break through a delusion that's why this is so fearful of a time to watch as the lord is giving over churches giving over pastors giving over he's he's giving them over to the desires of their hearts he knows he's he said he'll satisfy the desire of your heart and if it's for the world and things of the world he will give you over to it and you will never be able to concede that you are far from the Lord or that you were never even in the faith to begin with because you're delusional. You, you, you couldn't even comprehend of that language. Folks, this is the, this is the thing though, that really wraps this up tonight. And brother, I appreciate what you've brought because it is such, we know that it's going on, but it's an eye opener to see when you were just there experiencing, this is not a rumor. This is not, I heard from somebody. This is not, I've got a source. I get so tired of hearing those all the time. Everybody has got a source from somewhere. Well, <laughs> That's I mean, why I always all- qualify with primary source. I'm like, this is primary source, not secondary or tertiary or hearsay, or I watched a YouTube video. Like I'll give you primary source. I, I exactly. And in the mission field, I've been, you know, in the mission field myself, you always, I, I've seen God's greatest miracles and you also see some, some of the wildest things you've ever seen in your life. Um, but here's the thing, God 
everything we talked about of the wrong that's going on in this world, God has every opportunity right now for you to choose the right. So think about it like this. The war that you find yourself fighting in right now, the struggle that you have, the, the times you feel like you can't overcome, that is grace warring against sin. The Bible says that grace came that sin would no longer have dominion over us. Amen. It would not rule over us. And so the fact that you're still having a war inside, understand this, that's your God fighting for you. Amen. Violent grace is violent. Okay. Because it's the sworn enemy of sin. It's not only unmerited forgiveness and favor. It is also the enemy of sin. That's according to the Bible to stop the dominion that it has. So understand this, the war that's going on is a, is a knowledge for you to understand that your God is still fighting for you and he will win if you will let him. He knows you don't have the strength. He knows you've messed up. He knows that you've sinned countless times and broken promises, but he hasn't given up yet. The world might not care, but God does. And if you will allow him to come in and you will cry out and open your mind and your heart and confess what's going on, it's okay to say, God, I don't have the power to overcome a pornography addiction. Lord, I don't have the power to overcome. Your God can handle the truth if you want to speak to him truthfully. He already knows. So I don't understand why people want to hide things. Okay. Quit acting like you don't have a problem. The best thing that ever happened to me was in 1999 when I was exposed for the hypocrite I was, and I lost my reputation. It was great because once you lose your reputation, nobody can harm you anymore. I was exposed as a fraud. The liar that I was and all my drugs and alcohol and addictions to everything under the sun was all exposed to the world to see, and I had nothing to hide behind any longer. It's okay. Because God has a rescue plan for you. His name is Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you tonight, folks, as a listener of the Remnant Call, that God has given you every opportunity to succeed. And that war that's still going on is your father fighting for you. He will not give up. And I want you to embrace it and understand it and allow him to do what he wants to do and maybe not pray to get out so quickly of the trial that you're in because just maybe God is doing a work that you cannot understand at this moment. We always want to try to get out so quickly, but what if, what if Hezekiah would have not prayed to be healed? What if he wouldn't have prayed to be healed? And he, the Lord granted it to him, but then we have Manasseh. He showed his treasury. You know, what if he would have had the faith to accept the judgment that was given? Folks, God has a plan right now in this hour, and he will not give up. Brother, I know that you've seen these things first uh, class, that is the first hand that's going on. And I'm going to ask if you could wrap up this program tonight, because there are so many people that want the freedom that are struggling to find it. And brother, I'm going to ask, could you pray a prayer for the people tonight of deliverance that God would set them free from that sin that so easily besets each one of us? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Lord, we just thank you and praise you, God, that we can call on your name 
And even as brother Frank was sharing that we're, we're not left in our own power. You tell us in first Peter one, that you have an inheritance that's being kept in heaven for us, spotless, unspoiled, unfading, and that you are going to guard us home to our reward by your power. I praise you, God, that you say that you have disarmed the powers of darkness, triumphing them over them at the cross, Lord, that you who is in us is greater than all this that's in the world, Lord. And I praise you, Jesus Christ, that you did not forego your mission set that the Father had foreknown for you before the foundations of the earth. And it was literally to set the captives free. Mm, you were a anointed you were called you were spoken over isaiah 41 isaiah 42 you were sent you took your commission with all honor courage and commitment to the glory of the father to do what only you can do and that was to be a freedom fighter the true and better freedom fighter the most high to literally bend the bars of bronze and to crush the teeth of the wicked and to deliver from those who sit in deep darkness and gloom to deliver them from the dungeons Jesus Christ, you are the one who, like even in the days of the apostles in the book of Acts, the prison doors are thrown wide open by the power and the authority and the victory and the resurrection that you've already made manifest to us, the love that you've already displayed for us. It's all past tense. It's a done deal. And the prison doors are wide open, God. I pray that by faith, as feeble need as we are, God, as weak and weary, as doubting as we are with the smallest faith, Lord, that we could ever possibly muster, that we would walk through the door into the glorious light, God, that Amen. you've made for us. Lord, shut the mouth of all unrighteousness mm. that would tell us that we can't shut the mouth in the name of Jesus Christ. You say you're going to shut their mouths, God. And I pray, Lord, that we, we would never listen to what they have to say about us, but only you, God. And you call us spotless, blameless, righteous, beloved, heir, co-heir, glorious, praiseworthy. What? In the, you call us praiseworthy. You say you're going to give us glory and honor and praise at the, at the revelation of you, Jesus. Like, Lord, Lord, I pray that we would hear your words for us and that we would arise and shine for our light has come. And the glory of the Lord has been made known to us in the face of Jesus Christ. And though thick darkness is over the earth and darkness is over the peoples, the glory of the Lord has arisen upon us. Let those with ears to hear, hear what the spirit of, of the, the spirit of the God is saying to the churches, to those who overcome, to those who overcome, to those who overcome, to those who overcome. Lord, we have a good inheritance and we have a good hope and it is not going to in any way, shape, or form disappoint. So, Lord, I pray in the power of the authority of Jesus Christ, Lord, like Elijah did for his servant, Lord, not, not condemning because of, their, of his servant's lack of faith, but praying with such tenderness and love, Lord, open their eyes Amen. so they can see what, what I've seen, Lord. Open my eyes so I can see what others have seen that I haven't yet seen about you, God. Open our eyes and strengthen our feeble hearts to follow you, Jesus, all the way to the end. You are going to get us home to our reward. And Lord, I just thank you that we even get to speak to these things, that we get to know you, God. I know what I am. I am a lawless rebel, chief among sinners, us, apart from your grace, God. Yes. Every day, every waking second apart from your grace and your mercy. And so Lord, I, I just thank you that we even get to have your name on our lips 
And I can't wait to commune with you and to be in the tent of meeting and to sit and share a meal with you, God. I just can't wait, Lord. And so we just pray all these things, even your protection over this program, Lord, that the the lawless rebels in tech wonderland wouldn't censor it and wouldn't whatever cut it off from the people, God, but that you would get it where it needs to go. And and uh, we just bless your name. We bless the name of Jesus Christ. And we give glory to the Father because of the Son. And we pray all these things in his name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. God bless, folks. Keep up with what's going on with brother Jamie. He's on Facebook. Yeah, Jamie Walden. He's also on uh, the OmegaDynamics.org. And does Buffalo Calico, do you have a, a, a Facebook page also? Yeah. Yep. Calico Buffalo. Calico Buffalo. Com. Yep. Yeah, and they there's YouTube channel, you know, where the sermons are posted and stuff like that. It's just under Jamie Walden, I think. Absolutely. So, <laughs> are you are you all doing a get? Are you all planning another something in the future here? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, as the Lord leads, obviously we have this we have this camp that the Lord's delivered into our hands, the Faith Haven that we're building out, and and uh, we're church planning here out of it as well too. And actually, super cool praise notice. We've had we've had five families move out here from all across the nation in the last two weeks, just because they want to be with the body. Like you want to talk about counting the costs. Like they forsook everything just because they're like, Hey, we want to be a part of what the Lord's doing out there. Super cool. Super cool. The Lord's positioning his people visit with you, man. That'd be all amazing. Last time I was close. Remember you were having, I was going to be out there that way. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Next time I need to figure this out in advance because brother, I want to be there and uh, just to fellowship with the body and uh, God bless everything that you all are doing and the hard work that you're putting in out there to make that place, um, you know, what God desires it to be. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, but by grace, go I. It's, it's a grind, but the Lord keeps sustaining us for sure. Amen. Well, folks, God bless each one of you. Keep the faith. Keep looking up. This is the end times. We are in the last days. We're not looking forward to it anymore. We're not talking about it in the future. You are now in it. We need to prepare and embrace. We need to embrace for impact. Because what is coming in the future is going to be deadly, but our God promised to never leave us nor forsake us, and we will be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. This is Brother Frank and Brother Jamie Walden on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Made you his design Blow a trumpet inside